and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Bonus movie review of The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Parts 1 and 2. Ooh, heavy hitters. Two in one, you lucky listeners, you. Uh, Also, lucky Kara, who got to watch them both for the first time with me over Messenger. Um, but both of us very comfy on our couches. Yeah. That was fun. That was a fun like Thursday afternoon we had. It was fun. I was off on March break. You were off on your leave already. And yeah, it was just, it was crappy weather outside. It was a great afternoon for watching movies with friends. Um, and yeah, so listeners, I mean, if, if you, if we put this out when we think we will, you will have just heard our eclipse episode, (laughs) which we recorded back in January. Mm -hmm. Um, so this episode, we're now recording here in March, and you're hearing it sometime around May. So, so lucky you, back to back, kind of Twilight bonus episodes, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do both movies because they should have just been one movie. <laughs> yeah, but you know who knows? There's there's always more Twilight content out there, so I'm sure we're not done with the Twilight universe yet. Ooh, not yet. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point. Let's just announce it, Kara. We're going to be reading every book of Twilight oh, once we finish Buffy, chapter <laughs> by chapter. Each chapter gets a podcast episode review. That is what we're promising to everybody. We're not promising that. Yes, that's what we've decided. <laughs> You can't keep announcing things unilaterally, Staff. We've talked about this. Yes, I've not talked to Kara about this yet, but I really think here's the appropriate time to coerce her into doing this with me. I I do feel like that would be really fun, uh, but that is still to be decided. Again, and I've said this every time we've covered a Twilight episode or a Twilight movie, I like Twilight. <laughs> For reasons I can't I can't explain. I watch Twilight pretty often. I've seen these movies many times. Breaking Dawn Part 1, I like for the aesthetic. There's a wedding, there's a honeymoon. Everyone looks great. <laughs> then there's like a horror aspect to it that we can get into. But Breaking Dawn Part 2 has like this epic battle at the end which I find if they didn't have this, it would have been such a letdown. It, it would have been like, "Oh, Two groups of people coming to talk and then leaving, which ha- is what happens in the books. <laughs> in the snow. Yeah, it happens in the books. But I'm, I'm glad the movie elevated it to something interesting to watch. However, how we felt about it, knowing that it was all a farce, uh, we can talk about as well. But that, that hey, I, I like the movies, but that's not going to stop me from dumping all over them in this episode. <laughs> okay. So, Steph, as is tradition, I have prepared a summary of both movies about 350 words. Are you ready for this? (laughs) I am ready and waiting. Let's do it. Okay. So, like, I heard that Bella Swan and Edward Cullen were totally getting hitched. (gasps) And Bella was all like, do me already, Edward. And Edward was all like, no, Bella, I don't want to destroy you with my vampire dick. (laughs) But they get married and bone down on a private island on their honeymoon, and they don't use protection. Scandalous. Bella is, like, totally going to be a teen mom, except the pregnancy goes way too fast and is going to totes kill her. (gasps) Anyway, so they, like, hightail it back to Forks, where the Cullens all get super protective around Prego Bella. Jacob is not happy about the pregnancy, but kind of, like, moves in with the Cullens. No one tells Charlie anything, but it's okay, because he's, like, distracted by his new girlfriend. You go, Charlie. You have a life outside of Bella. So, like, Bella gets super emaciated and dies in childbirth. Soup's a bummer, especially for Edward. Except she's only, like, mostly dead, which is, like, slightly alive. So he manages to turn her into a 
wait for it vampire Ooh. part two <laughs> edward and bella have like a creepy cg half human half vampire child named ronesme who is like growing up real fast and not in like you know they grow up so fast kind of way that moms say but like real fast and like jacob imprints on her which means they're destined to be together and it's like totally creepy but also supposed to be super hot and romantic yeah <laughs> anyway uh arrow remember him from like the second movie mm-hmm. arrow is totes and the goats not impressed with the whole kid sitch <laughs> when he hears from a snitch about renesme he like goes off and soon enough the voturi go to washington state except oh snap the Collins found a bunch of witnesses, like vampires from around the world, like unite. <laughs> Cue an impressive battle scene that doesn't like actually happen because like it's just Alice showing Arrow a glimpse of his future if he like stands up to them. So Arrow, in like true politician form, changes his tune real quick and says, "Everyone gets to live! Yay! Alice saves the day, and Edward and Bella live happily ever after." The end. Love it. Well done. I was uh, very moved <laughs> by, by your performance there. Yeah. So should we do what we sometimes do with these bonus episodes and do pros first? Or should we? do you have something specific you want to say? Yeah, let's do some pros. Yes. The biggest pro that I want to give Breaking Dawn Part 1 and I guess Part 2 is, as I said earlier, there is a horror aspect to Breaking Dawn Part 1, at least, with Mm -hmm. um, Bella's pregnancy and being pregnant with what could possibly be a dangerous vampire inside her. Yeah, so could you maybe compare your experience with being pregnant (laughs) to what we saw from Bella? (laughs) I will add, because yes, I'm in my third trimester, and Cara and I are like watching this movie, and there's that scene where Bella's back breaks right when she goes into labor and i was like oh god (laughs) um hey exactly what bella goes through is what i went through i only had a month of pregnancy before was sam home by that point (laughs) yeah he was like somewhere else (laughs) he was like okay because at one point he was like making food in the background right while we were watching this (laughs) he's seen them (laughs) of course he can't be with me for almost a decade and not have seen them um but yeah i've never obviously watched the movies pregnant but watching bella go through her pregnancy um it is nothing like what i've experienced and and as we talked about cara turns out tv pregnancies and movie pregnancies are not the same as real pregnancies they don't they don't depict Shocking. them as we live them uh but it was fun to watch bella go through this in this in this movie but again that horror aspect of it her um emaciated body like i've always thought that it's 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 hard to look at and that's not something these movies tend to dive into right they don't really show a lot of that body horror well, the fact that bella has to drink blood to feel sustained uh, and we see her drinking the blood um, but even, yeah, at the end, when, when Bella goes into birth and the baby is coming out and Edward has to, like, bite her open <laughs> to get the baby out and then she dies and he has to, like, bite her and whatever. I just, I, I always kind of enjoyed that about these films, uh, the last couple. <laughs> you enjoyed it? Okay, yeah, I just think okay. it's like, it's just like, it's, I don't, ex- like, the beginning of the movie is so aesthetically beautiful with the wedding. Oh, so, so it's the, the whiplash yeah. of the tonal shift that you enjoy. I see. Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I think that's cool. And I, I've always enjoyed that. So that's one pro I have. That's fair. Do you think maybe part of that is because since it's breaking up two, like it's breaking up one book. In the book, the like the horror part is the middle part of the book, right? And then the of course by the end of part two, we're back in like happy la la land. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe when you're reading the book, there's less whiplash because it's like it's just kind of like a smooth arc. Whereas with this, the movie's just kind of like and wait for part two. Well, I think what the book did, and someone can come correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long time since I've read. Breaking Dawn. But um, we don't actually get, of course we don't, we don't get Bella's pregnancy and the horror aspect that the movie gives us through Bella's perspective. We get it through Jacob's. So like, I know like half the book is through Jacob's point of view. 
And I'm pretty sure it's the part where she gives birth. Oh, oh, oh great. <laughs> great. Take away the woman's voice just as she's giving birth. That's great, Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Sorry, but- <laughs> I, I've never read Breaking Dawn. I read the first three, but I did not read the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I would say one of the pros in this movie is setting aside the whole imprinting thing. And we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> um, Jacob has come a long way. You know, I think he's really grown up in this movie. Uh, he he chooses sides and he chooses Edward over his own family. Um, and, and I just, I, I liked Jacob a lot more in this movie. I thought at first he was being a super dick by not showing up at the wedding. And I think you remember I was being super judgmental about that. Because I'm like, dude, so what if you still love her and you're not happy that she's marrying Edward? Like, show up and support your friend yeah. that you love. Yeah. But he did show up. So that was good. Um, he missed dinner but he came yeah yeah but and like i just i appreciated that he was willing to stand up to the rest of the pack um for edward and bella and the collins i thought that was great yeah and you know and he's a lot more carefree at least in breaking dawn part two right he's a lot more carefree you and i made a lot of jokes about him like couch surfing because <laughs> he obviously just lives at the collins now and we'll say more about that later, about the imprinting. But um, yeah, I, I liked Jacob more in the last movie than I did in any of the others. Another positive that I will give to these movies is, again, as I said before, the aesthetic change and like the jarringness of starting off the movies with this beautiful uh, wedding and honeymoon. And again, everyone's wardrobe is on point. Aesthetically, they go to Brazil. There's like a beautiful honeymoon. Like I like watching that stuff. And the same thing goes for when Bella turns into a vampire. I, I've always found that pretty... <laughs> the glow up, as you, the you gl- called it? <laughs> yeah, the, the glow up. Literally a glow up. <laughs> Literally. And like there's that one scene where her spine like snaps back together. And I was like, ooh, ASMR. Like, it sounds so satisfying. So that whole aesthetic is cool. And on top of that, Bella, when she's a vampire, is suddenly interesting. <laughs> yes, right? that's true. <laughs> she becomes more interesting. <laughs> it only took us three and a half <laughs> movies to get there. Four, four movies for her to get interesting. Um, because look at her out here, at least in Breaking Dawn Part 1, look at her out here making choices for herself, right? She's like, I'm going to keep this baby yeah. for reasons no one knows. But Because abortion is wrong, Stephanie. <laughs> because we need to push the pro-life agenda, as Stephanie Meyer would have it. This book, sorry, well, I, again, I haven't read the book, yeah. but like, I know I'm not saying anything new here. This is all very messed up. Yes. Let's get into it after our pros. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. You're I know. Right. We did this last time, too. We're like, we're talking about pros, but we can't help it. Okay, okay. But again... So yes, Bella does ask Rosalie to help her. (laughs) She needs somebody to help her at some point. But at least she asks Rosalie and not Edward or Jacob. Um, But once she becomes a vampire, not only does she look amazing, but uh, she gets like a superpower, right? Like her super uh, self being able to stop herself from eating humans is at first a joke that i think you thought i was making a joke but i was like no it's I, true i seriously did steph tells me right because i'm like does bella get a power yeah and steph says yeah her power is self-control <laughs> and, and the way that steph said this to me while we were lying on our respective couches and steph had like a cheese string thing out of her mouth <laughs> i'm like oh steph is joking steph was not joking um that is her sorry we're doing pros um yes. Yes. But she gets it. I, well, I just, I like the fact that finally Bella is getting to participate in her own story. Yes. You know, um, I think the last time we saw that was in New Moon when she like takes it upon herself to recklessly endanger her life because she's upset that Edward left her. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just it's been a while since we've seen Bella do anything that isn't just like Edward. Well and that's the thing. So she yes, she gets she gets her superpower of self-control, but let's also not forget she's a shield. And they developed that in the last episode before the battle that she can actually protect her entire clan of vampires just with her brain. Like she just expands her shield and that's a very powerful weapon, possibly the most powerful weapon on the entire Colin side um, because she can protect them from Jane and her brother who can attack them from far away. So no longer can they be attacked that way. So I found that very interesting that Bella, who was the most protected character throughout the entire series, suddenly becomes the person who's protecting. Well, 
you know why she has that power, right? It's because she's so boring. <laughs> Nobody could read her mind before. And now because she's a vampire, she's super boring. So she can extend her boredom shield around other people. And they become uninteresting. Let's make everyone as dull as me <laughs> and just Pretty spread much. the love. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but again, I'll, hey, I will say that's a pro for the movie is that Bella gets fucking interesting. Uh, she can mm-hmm. fight at the end. I mean, it's hilarious when Edward like picks her up and they do the like the kicky thing. But yeah, th- then she's like a mother who wants to protect her kid. Right. And she even gets cr- passports created for her baby and her baby's boyfriend. To run off and live a life together, should they well, fail the battle. To be fair, she doesn't do that. That was Alice. Oh, you're oh, true. Right? Which brings me to the next compliment <laughs> I would give this movie, which yeah. is, and I think I'd be consistent in this, Alice is really like the true hero of most of these movies, right? Of course, because she can see into the future. Yes. She can see into the future, but she also knows what to do with that. Like, I, th- I think it's a kind of a truism in science fiction and fantasy that Time travel, seeing the future, prophecy, as we've seen on Buffy, it's really, it's a tough power to handle because, you know, your glimpses of the future are usually so limited that it's very challenging to figure out how you can prevent things from happening or cause things to happen without accidentally, you know, changing it or or causing the thing that you want meant to prevent. It's, It's a challenging power. Alice is really good at it. And in the the second movie at the very end you know there's the battle scene that doesn't happen of course but also like (laughs) alice and jasper save the day not just with the whole battle thing but they're the ones who went off and found uh you know the the other half vampire half human dude Mm -hmm. from chile like every it's all alice (laughs) alice does it all and she's also responsible for bella dressing and looking so good yes which is you know it it, it's not hard to make Kristen stewart look good but it's hard to make Kristen stewart look good effortlessly (laughs) because she does not want to look good she wants to look mopey (laughs) and dull (laughs) yeah and actually now that you've mentioned uh i think his name's newell or something like that the um the chilean vampires and his auntie another pro for these movies is that they again they're they're attempting to broaden the world they're building on the world in the last movie of all movies but they're building on the world of vampires on earth and we're getting a little bit more diversity not not a lot not a lot of diversity but we are getting some right thank you for bringing that up because that was also something i remember remarking on when we were watching the movie was um, like you said, they're expanding the world. Suddenly we're seeing vampires from all around the world. I think we see a Japanese vampire. <laughs> okay. And I had, to... <laughs> remember I said, Kara, I was like, just watch, just watch the scene, Kara. And then the one Asian vampire comes, is obviously like talking to Volturi and what happens to him? He dies. <laughs> I was setting you up for that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So clearly they're like, well, we have to follow in the footsteps of Buffy here. Or any vampire movie. If there is a Chinese or a Japanese Korean, they will, we will not have it. There will be no Asian vampires like, that can live, in my opinion. But hey, yes. So there was the Japanese one. And then there's the, there's the British one who gets a thing for the Canadian vampire. Yeah, and we were trying to figure out, are the, uh, what are their names, the Den- Denellis? Are they Canadian vampires? And we're like, I can't tell if they're Canadian or if they just live, you know, closer to Alaska. <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah, we've got um, the Amazonians, right? The two women, the two women vampires from the Amazon. We've got the Egyptian vampires, uh, also with uh, Remy Malik. So... Are all of these vampires vegetarians? No. So, and that's another thing too, is that um, the Cullens and the and the Denellis are the only vegetarian vampires. Okay. So, I'm choosing to believe the Denellis are um, they feed off moose. Yes. Uh, and caribou. And, and beaver tail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then the the other vampires. So they say in the movie that when the vampires come to the Cullens' house, they agreed to hunt off like like away like not in the area right (laughs) great so i have to confess i did not remember who this arena chick is (laughs) okay yeah yeah she's a small part so she was in breaking down part one she came to the wedding right and then she saw 
that they had invited werewolves. And it turns oh, out... Oh, so she wasn't in a previous movie. No! Oh, so, okay. That I feel less bad. I thought that she had been in one of the previous movies. No. And I thought her family... Because they the move, way they made it sound was like, this was something I should have remembered. No, no, no. This, and this is why I'm saying, like, world building began in these movies... Because all of a sudden, they're like, we have cousins, the Donnellys, I think their name are, yeah, I think it's Donnellys, the Donnellys, who live close by, and they're coming to the wedding. And there's, like, three beautiful women, and then, like, um, this other couple. Uh, Irina saw that there are werewolves there, and apparently behind the scenes, Irina was getting with, what, what's his name? Um, ugh, the one from, from, from the first and second movies, the ones that the werewolves killed. When he attacked Bella. Laurent? Yes, 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 yes. So. Right. So th- I think that, yeah, you said that. And then I'm like, wait, I don't remember her from those movies. <laughs> no, because we, we didn't meet. He went and met her on his own. And then she's oh, pissed. So confusing. She's pissed. And then later in Breaking Dawn Part 2, she comes back and she sees Renesmee. And she's like, <gasps> why have why hasn't like HBO made like a gritty Twilight reboot on TV yet? I don't know. They're probably just shopping around for like the, the highest price, if you know what I mean. And no price is too high. I will pay to watch that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So again, uh, the pro of that is that they're they're attempting to expand the world. We do have a little bit of, of diversity. The rest of the vampires are all from white countries. <laughs> um, but I appreciated it. I appreciated that we get to see a little bit more of vampires of the world. And right. I think it's actually pretty fascinating the idea of a wizard of a wizard of a vampire war. Well, and they all hate the Volturi, right? Yes. Which I think I was under the impression the Volturi were a much more established power and that pretty much everybody was like behind them except the Collins. And now I'm getting the impression that maybe their position in the vampire hierarchy is more precarious. I think it's just because Arrow had secured so many soldiers for himself. Like people like with powers like Jane and her brother. Um, and that's why he's looking to get Alice. But he's such a silly man. <laughs> yeah, when he's like, ooh, like, um, love it, love it. Uh, another Michael pro. Sheen. Yeah, another Michael pro Sheen. for the yeah, movies. Michael Sheen yeah. is a huge pro. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Charlie. As I said in my summary, like I'm very serious about that. Good for Charlie getting a girlfriend. Like, good for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Bella leaving and apparently just going to fake her death and never come back. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, with Bella leaving, uh, Charlie clearly, he's going to feel like a bit of empty nest syndrome. I think it's very healthy that he decided, you know what? It's time for me to kind of like get put myself out there again. So that kind of came as a surprise to me because I'm like, wait, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I'm all in favor for it. So Good, good for you, Charlie. Yeah, good for Charlie, and also like good for him for just be like ignoring that Renesmee aged seven years uh, from like in over two months. And uh, yeah, so we got uh, like a little bit more of Charlie in these movies. Uh, we got a little taste of her high school friends, and I was actually telling you, Cara, during our watch. Uh, isn't it so funny that Bella just invites these people to her elaborate wedding and then never speaks to them? again (laughs) what a power move (laughs) well so that would be one of my biggest cons of this movie was uh so little jessica yes at at the end of the day there's no more need for the high school friends can we please have another twilight movie just starring anne hathaway (laughs) you mean anna kendrick (laughs) sorry not anne hathaway gosh (laughs) anne hathaway would be a great vampire villain yes she would anna kendrick there we go what can i say all brunettes look alike to me okay okay (laughs) And then, okay, so what I want to start off, we can we can talk about this, and if you tell me it's a con, then that this will be a nice segue into our the rest of our talk, which will be <laughs> pointing out things that we're like, what in the world? The battle, the final battle. I want to start off with the pro of the final battle, because honestly, I find it very enjoyable to watch. Now, as I say, I'm a Twilight fan. I've watched these movies a lot. Do I actually care about these characters? No, they're all too shallow and weird for me to actually care. <laughs> However, I do care about watching them fight other vampires. <laughs> I find the danger in that. The fact that like, oh my God, like Carlisle got his head ripped off and like, oh my God, like all the wolves are dying too. And Jasper dies. And like, the, like it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to watch. It's a bold move for this movie to make because this movie is not about sacrifice. We know that the movie is not about 
true danger ever <laughs> or, or like thrills or That's fighting right. right the movies are about feeling comfort <laughs> in the love of bella and edward and romance right so the fact that they did this battle at the end i thought was a bold choice and i loved it and i think that's why if you want to point out the best twilight movie for whatever reason i actually think it might be the last one right breaking dawn part two just because wow I, again i think eclipse is my favorite overall but this movie at least gives you something not only is Bella developed, but there's actually like, oh my God, look at vampires can be badass. They're not just made of China and just <laughs> break when you pull each other's heads off. There's actual battle to be had here. There's superpower versus superpower. Bella being part of the group now and actually now Arrow recognizes how valuable she is, is fascinating. It, it's actually quite um, satisfying after so many movies of nothing happening, of standing around. You know what, Steph? Mm. I concur. Mm. Here's what I think. Here's my hot take. I think that this, and I've never seen Avengers Endgame. I think that this battle scene inspired Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Another bold statement <laughs> from Prophecy Girls podcast. Right? Go like on, Twilight go on. <laughs> Breaking Dawn did it first. You had the, <laughs> you know, the heroes all lined up for the epic, overly CGI battle sequence. Yeah. Um, at the the end of a lengthy movie saga that brings everybody together. <laughs> it's engrossing. <laughs> okay, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it, as soon as Carlisle's head gets pulled off, you're like, oh, it's fucking on. And then you're like, you're like, oh shit. Like so much happens in that fight scene. Isn't when it? Seth dies, right? Okay, there, and it was so funny because Carl, like in the middle of that fight scene, you were saying, how come Benjamin isn't using his power? <laughs> like his like his like um environment power. And then he does. Like right when you said that, he like punches a hole <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> but it was so funny because it's true. Like I just, hey, at the end of the day, that's fucking entertaining. Okay. And I'm glad that the movie did that. Now, let us segue into the con of it in that psych <laughs> like none of it happened yeah in in the book it truly is two sides of the war two powerful vampire clans coming together having a little chit chat and then piecing back out okay oh there's no battle no book? no oh my god which is why i have to give the movie <laughs> it's it's kudos because they actually did it they did it through so, alice's but, eyes so but is the battle mentioned in the book like no. does the book mention alice like showing arrow this vision no and, like arrow oh. does grab alice's hand i think to like find out what she knows about um this person she's brought like the half vampire but there's no mention that, like, in Arrow's eyes, he saw the conclusion of an epic battle where he, in the end, gets beaten up by Edward and Bella. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that didn't happen. Well, so, I mean, this this supports my theory that the Twilight movies, in many ways, are superior to the books because Stephanie Meyer is just not that great of a writer. Mm -hmm. You know? she. I think that she's she's very good at coming up with cool and interesting characters. Like, the idea of teenage vampire romance, well, not original, right? Like, I think, you know, Edward and Bella and Jacob and, like... Yeah. I, I, I picture her sitting on her deck or something, brainstorming, like, okay, and then what of this? Mm -hmm. But she's not great at cobbling it together into a coherent story. Um, yeah. Let alone choosing great themes. So, you know, I think one of the things the movies do is they, they do elevate the books by... Um, adding a level of narrative consistency to them yeah and and heightening that tension and that drama and honestly like i'm glad for it because you want the last movie of five movies of again vampires standing around vampires trying to protect this incredibly boring person um they fight <laughs> it goes out with a bang um but then it doesn't so i think that's where i'm like hey i'm kudos to the, sh to the movie for giving us the battle. They didn't have to do that. We got 20 minutes of like awesome fighting. But then, you know, it's it's like, never mind. We're actually, we are just going to talk it out and then we're going to leave. Yeah. That's not satisfying. So we're in the cons now, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about the sex scene? Yes. Because we've been waiting for movies for it. Right. And so here's my thing is I'm going to criticize the hell out of the sex scene 
not for the reasons you might think. Mm. So I think many of many of our listeners who are familiar with me, right, know that I'm not a huge fan of watching steamy erotic scenes in television and movies. That's not why I'm criticizing this scene. I'm criticizing this scene because it was boring. <laughs> From what I have heard about this scene, um, as it is described in the book, and then what other people have told me about this scene, I was expecting it to be far more intense and erotic than it actually was and i was very disappointed <laughs> what do you mean there were feathers involved and he and he broke the the headboard <laughs> yeah but just the way people have described it was like no he like fucks things up like i don't know i don't know i just maybe i was just building it up to be too much in my head but that was disappointing i think hey i think they're like we can have a battle that didn't actually happen, but we definitely cannot show Edward thrusting into Bella. <laughs> not with the, not with the, the, the ratings and the types of people we're having come and watch this movie. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I made Cara choke on her water. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Just about ratings. Like, I just don't think they could show too much of a gratuitous sex scene in a movie where they're going to show Bella being torn open by Edward's mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, though. No, no, I feel you. There should have been more. Um, they're on their fucking honeymoon. We waited like three books for them to get it on uh, just as Bella wanted. And like, turns out we're not going to get that. We're still getting Bella begging him to have sex with her. And he's still just like, no. <laughs> yeah. So more questions about this. Uh, so Bella gives birth. Does she have to breastfeed? Like as a vampire? How does that work? I guess not because she's away from the baby for like three days when she's becoming a vampire. And then when she sees her, she's totally fine. And I don't see anyone feeding her ever. Maybe. And I know that these half vampires can live off blood and human food. So maybe they're just giving her blood. So so what makes Bella and Edward so special that they're the ones who fuck a half vampire baby into existence? I don't know. What makes Bella special enough to have a series at all? <laughs> a great question. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they just—they—they don't explain that. Is it supposed to be because it's true love or whatever? No, I think it's just because it's very rare for vampires to be having sex with humans. So, like, I think this can happen to anybody if you can keep the human alive. And Edward no. has found a way to have sex with Bella by the end of the honeymoon without breaking every bone in her body. So it's hard for vampires to do that, but it is possible. I will say another pro was all of. Bella's clumsy attempts to seduce Edward. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, we got like a montage like that. of that. Yeah, With yeah, the yeah. lingerie that Alice packed for her, which yeah. I think I said to you, I'm like, that seems semi-incestuous, Alice. I know they're not really brother and sister, but like Alice packing lingerie for Bella, for her brother. Well, and this is something that I think carried on over from the other movies too. These movies have a like a very winky kind of humor, right? They, they're they're winking at the at the audience for how ridiculous this can be. So we all know that Kristen Stewart is like one of the most uh, awkward people in the entire world, especially then she was only like 19 years old, you know. So her being in lingerie would have been uncomfortable for her anyway. So having her have that little scene where she's like uncomfortable, but she's trying to seduce him was pretty winky to me it's like that's that's pretty funny just like we're saying that uh jacob was more fun in the last movie it's because he's also winking at the fact that this is so ridiculous <laughs> like this is the fact that he's not only am i like into this baby but also there's all these vampires coming and it's so stupid so he has a lot of jokes yeah. about that too so I'm, th I'm thinking of all the pros now that we're into the cons yeah. <laughs> um at the wedding the speeches and how everybody's standing up and giving a speech and charlie just keeps going on and on about how he has a gun and he knows how to use it jessica's giving this toast where it's like yeah edward and bella are like in love i guess yeah right which just kind of is this subtle little little nod at the fact that edward and bella have been dating for like what a year the entire series from the beginning of twilight to the end of breaking dawn part two takes place over two years she gets there like let's say like january in one year and then they, it ends like something like december or something two years later so like this is this is not me criticizing teen moms because you know you do you however you ended up becoming a parent at a young age you know that's valid but there's just something really creepy <laughs> about the way that this book series and this movie series is kind of like glorifying 
Bella getting married right out of high school. Like she's like, what, 18, 19 at this point? Gets pregnant on her honeymoon. You know, she's going to be a mom. She's going to be a mom for all eternity now, right? Because mm-hmm. Renesmee is also immortal. Um, so she, she, not only does she never get to have like the regular life that Edward thought he should give her first, she goes right from, I'm like a moody 17 year old high school kid to now I'm an immortal teen mom. It's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, is this, is this your ideal vision, Stephanie Meyer? Yeah, I don't know what she was trying to say. The only thing I know that Stephanie Meyer was definitively saying was you cannot abort that baby like i'm pretty sure bella says like it's a miracle like the miracle inside me um even though the vampire is literally killing her from the inside yeah so so now that we're on the topic of sex we're on the topic of bella becoming a teen mom we have to talk a little bit i think about the problematic nature of bella and edward having sex he bruises her up like he doesn't obviously kill her which could have happened he doesn't break any of her bones but the next morning like he's very upset because he's he's bruised her whole body and she is only thinking about the romance of it right she's like oh my god like the way he touched me in my first time oh yeah that was that was my other point that i made to you right which is like edwards also this is his first time yes so like i don't speak from experience here but my understanding steph is that the first time Generally isn't great, and for two people, when it's both their first times, it's probably not going to be great sex. So the fact that it is great sex here, well, the fact and the fact that like Edward is like you know a super powered person, so the fact that like Bella really enjoyed the roughness of the sex, the her first time having sex, is already unbelievable. But I think we need we just need to step back because again we've said this for the other reviews as well. Twilight is is for teen girls right and as much as sometimes the movies forget that uh the audience from the first one has always been for teen girls so having teen girls think that the peak romantic night of this teenager's wedding results in her waking up covered in bruises the shape of her husband's fingers and for bella to be explaining to edward why that makes her happy like why him bringing up that as a problem is ruining her morning after that's not good that's actually very irresponsible and i know that that's what the books are saying the fact that like bella has always known he's a vampire she's always known it was going to be hard to figure out this out together but at the same time like let's just not forget that the audience is young girls and bella is basically giving off this like battered wife syndrome idea Right? She's romanticizing the intimacy of a relationship that leaves her battered. And I don't like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying there. And, you know, there's the whole, um, what is it, like the husband and wife who are supposed to clean up on the private island? Yeah. <laughs> which, which isn't yeah. like problematic, <laughs> racist, colonialist kind of like <laughs> stuff going on there as well. But like, you know, the... The wife is like, oh, like, I don't trust you. And she's like, no, Bella, like, don't do this. And it's, it's like, you know, it's the whole, like, well, I'm concerned that this guy is taking advantage of you. But the way the movie spins it is it's like, oh, these two people are crazy. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it's love. Well, yeah, because, hey, you know what? Edward did his best. <laughs> and um, he was so passionate that he couldn't help but bruise her. And he felt bad about it. Don't get us wrong. Like, Edward felt bad about it. And it's Bella who's pushing that they keep having sex, uh, even though it could hurt her. And I think that's something that we need to point out. That and uh, the fact that when she gets pregnant, right, she like Edward is like, let's get that out of you because it's going to kill you. And she's like, no, this is my choice. And I want it to kill me, basically. Well, because she's following the mean girls code, which is don't have sex, because if you have sex, you will get pregnant and you will die. (laughs) And I find it so funny that, Edward, did you not go to high school for 100 years? You didn't learn about safe sex. (laughs) No condom can withstand his vampire sperm, okay? (laughs) And also because vampires tend to eat humans, right? They don't tend to make love to them. There's no way Edward could have really known. That he can still pragmatize them? No, I I don't buy that, though. I don't buy that the world's not running around with half-human, half-vampire hybrids at this point. 
I don't buy that vampires can't keep it in their pants. Like, I think it's because also, like, remember, the vampires in the series are, like, the bloodlust is so much that, like, most of them, if you notice, like, even all their friends, all eat humans. It's just, it's just the Collins and the, and the Denellis that do not eat humans. Mm. They're the only ones that are okay. vegetarians and spend time with humans. So out of all of them, of course, Edward being the only single one would be the one to fall in love with a human. Um, so it's very mm-hmm. rare for that to happen. It's just not a part of their nature. It's also funny. <laughs> that just reminded me just thinking about couples that there's no way the battle scene at the end of the movie could have happened for real because that would mean that our quintessential uh, gender straight couples can no longer be together. Like everybody's coupled up <laughs> at the end, right? So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, speaking of coupling up, can we talk about Jacob's happy ending. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Yes, we can. Uh, the imprinting. Ooh, the imprinting. They try really hard in the in the movie to make it sound like brotherly love, <laughs> but we see right through it. We see right through it. So, like at first, it's like, oh, I'm like a big brother. I'm like a protector. All I care is about Nessie's happiness. All I care is that Nessie's safe. That makes it worse. That's called grooming, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, that's grosser, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> you know, right right now, not to not to chill the mood, but like right now in the States and here in Canada, there's a whole bunch of conservatives talking about how people like me are groomers corrupting children. Literally, that is what you're doing, Jacob. You are grooming this child to be in a relationship with you in the future. And it is fucked up. Yeah, there's a joke at the very end of Breaking Dawn Part 2 that I don't appreciate where uh, Jacob says to Edward, can I start calling you dad? And like literally, Renesmee is still like seven years old. And by seven years old, I mean seven days old. So like, no. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah, the whole whole imprinting thing. And I mean, okay. If we're if we're stepping back, we're looking at this in a genre context. Twilight is not the only uh, vampire, werewolf, paranormal romance uh, series that has really questionable uh, sexual content like that, right? So, for example, um, obviously, like True Blood. Like I know, like we haven't watched the whole series yet, but like I know there's some weird stuff that comes up in that series. A book series called Anita Blake. Uh, she's a she's a vampire hunter, and that I, I haven't read the, the the whole series, but like my understanding of it is things get really messed up as the series goes on. Um, so, like in that context, what happens here in Twilight is not that unusual uh, in this genre, right? I, I think there there is something that seems to appeal to people who write about romance involving monsters and supernatural <laughs> creatures there there is something attractive about forbidden stuff right whether it's like incestuous or creepy age differences or this idea of the whole like imprinting where it's like oh like i can't resist it we're just fated to be together uh, and this is this is not me excusing it but i just wanted to point out right like twilight is not really an anomaly here so much as it is using an established genre trope Mm -hmm. yeah but it's just creepy because it's a baby (laughs) i know um i I also find it creepy that renesmee is cgi for most of the movie for what reason that was a choice that was a strange choice yeah because it's not it's not good cgi either like like the wolves aren't bad especially in this movie um other than the part where they talk Mm mm-hmm your lord um <laughs> okay but that's but, like the best <laughs> sure uh but the cgi bella and then the cgi renesme in this movie they they should have just hired like they, they i know that the technology wasn't there to like age down characters or what but like they should have just hired a younger actor just so it seems just like hire a baby and then hire a little girl and then use the yeah. one little girl like for the rest of it. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. Um, okay. You, you and I had so many funny jokes about whenever Jacob was the wolf. So they had that one wolf conference. <laughs> and I told you, they're about to talk this out through wolf telepathy. And you were like, yeah, yeah, haha. And then it happened. <laughs> and, and we were laughing about it because it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But Jacob comes over and he's like, 
the, 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 the fetus is killing Bella. We got to kill the fetus. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll kill Bella. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then he, he pieces out after that, right? And we were like, it's so funny that they chose to have this scene, this very pinnacle, dramatic scene. They didn't think Taylor Lautner could handle it. So they did it in Wolf CGI. Yep. They they knew the wolf is a better actor than Taylor Lauder, but I think that I was making the joke that all of these all it's always the actors in mocap suits for the wolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or sorry, or is it or is it all Andy Circus? It's all know. yeah, it's all. I think Andy Benedict Circus. Cumberbatch would have made a good vampire. I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. And there's also the scene at the end where um, Jacob is trying to run away with Princess May, and those two vampires are following him. And then I guess Seth dies in the big battle, and like. The wolf is like taking that in, and we were also like, "Wow, Taylor Lautner's acting his ass off in the scene <laughs> as the werewolf." Uh, so I, th- I think where I've I've landed here is Jacob is the spike of this series. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He's a sore loser for sure. Sore um, loser, unrequited love for Bella, or not even unrequited, right? But it's co- it's definitely complicated. Yeah. Um, redeems himself in the end and gets his soul back yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He, hey, and I, I do like that for Jacob and for Taylor Lautner. He gets a little bit more to do in these movies, right? Like, uh, again, the book mm-hmm. is half his. The, the like follows his lead, um, his point of view. So we get a lot of him. I think he did his best to not appear creepy about the imprinting. But, like, really, it's it sucks to be him. It sucks that that's what happened to the character because like what can he do he's already signed the contract we can well, back out that, like, that's <laughs> stephanie meyer sabotaging the character yes. right like yes yeah, that, that's that's where you <laughs> that's where she's like wait some people still think that bella and jacob should be together <laughs> I, I have to do something that. about this uh there's only one way to cure that <laughs> but but much much like joss whedon sabotages spike at the end of season six of buffy right because he was upset that fans like spike we as much as we might like to we cannot you know just ignore the creepiness that stephanie meyer foists upon jacob absolutely yeah yeah so as much as like these movies in a lot of ways make bella more interesting yeah the sabotaging of jacob and the creepiness of that imprinting but also like the stupidness of edward (laughs) edward okay Rob Pattinson, love you so much. Um, you don't have much to do in these movies because really, like, the heavy lifting that you had to do was in the first movies, right? That's, that's done. Now you just got to, like, chill out, be uh, be the husband vampire that you've always needed to be. I've already pointed out that, like, the fact that Edward didn't realize that like, that contraceptive <laughs> might be needed for, for, for pregnancy, uh, for, for having sex with his wife, the fact that he was Googling, like, baby vampires <laughs> to learn more about what could potentially be inside uh, Ren- uh inside Bella is something you and I were laughing about. And then also, I mean this is partly Carlisle's fault, but at the end when Bella is dying of a breaking dawn part 1 because she gives birth and she's literally bleeding out. He's like, "Here, hold the baby." I was like, "Edward, she's bleeding out. Bite her. Bite her now." And he does it. But the one thing in in it wasn't a 9-month pregnancy, it was like a 1-month pregnancy. But in that time all he did was figure out that I'll put my venom into this needle. Then I'll jam it into her chest like when the time is right. And it's like, what? And again, I blame Carlisle because Carlisle's like, you know what? I know she's about to give birth. I can just tell. I'm going to peace out tonight, though. Like, we're right. going to go. <laughs> Carlisle, Esme gets almost nothing to do in this movie, which makes me really sad. Yeah. I Sorry, I, I was just thinking something you said kind of made me start thinking and daydreaming almost about... How amazing would it be if Rob Pattinson and Kristen Stewart got to star in a different movie together? Like, just totally unrelated to Twilight. I just want to see them on the screen like together. Like a dirty again. indie movie. Ooh, that they, they would both be into. I'm just saying. I think that would be interesting. I would um, love to see that. Something so different from what they did here in Twilight. And, like, we, they've been doing that with their careers ever since, right? And Kristen Stewart. Oh, yeah. I love Kristen Stewart yeah. as an actor. And Kristen Stewart is at her best. Out of all the movies, she's at her best in these ones, right? I think she's really... It's actually really funny that one scene where um, she's a vampire now, and they're trying to teach her how to be a human. <laughs> And we're and you said you're yes, like that, that makes funny. sense because Bella was never a human. <laughs> she was never going to be a human. 
Um, yeah. Do you remember why? I think it was last year at one point, Kristen Stewart trolled everybody by saying that she's only been in five good movies. Yes. Yes. And the internet <laughs> lost their minds. It was like all five Twilight movies, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, again, Rob Pattinson, again, he didn't have much to do in these movies, but I actually really liked him. The panic that he showed when he thought Bella was dead. I think that came off really well. And again, it's like the horror aspect. He had her blood all over her. Um, I mean, you did this to her. Yeah, this, this, is, to her this is all you, okay? Yeah, I have nothing to say bad. Even Taylor Lautner, I have nothing. And his wolf form. I have nothing to say bad about the acting in these films. Uh, they're we... doing their best. <laughs> they're doing their best. How else would you deliver the line, you named my baby after the Loch Ness Monster? <sighs> how are you going to deliver that line? How many, how many times did they have to do the reading for that before the director was like, yeah, nailed it. Are you, t- does it, is it yeah. supposed to sound funny? Like, it was supposed to be angry? <laughs> like, what do you, how do you Should do I it? Should I do this in a Scottish accent? <laughs> right? What are the bloopers? What are the outtakes like for Twilight? <laughs> probably not funny. Probably just like everyone hating their lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about how shitty it is that the Collins are encouraging Bella to just fake her own death? right after charlie's like i'm losing my daughter my daughter's getting married for some reason and he you tell charlie hated that wedding so much but he like right? he grinned and bared it because he's a good dad yes but then it's like bella's gonna peace out and then fake her death oh so and, and fucking we never brutal. hear from her mom again no. it's like what are you doing? Well, I, yeah, and I think that's like, a, a hey, that's a plus to Jacob, who's literally like, you can't do this to Charlie. That sucks. Yeah, Jacob goes and gets Charlie, right? Yeah, Jacob's the one that strips down in front of him to be like, guess what? I'm a wolf. And I th- sorry, I, and I think, I'm just remembering now, I think that is the event that's kind of cemented in my mind that, like, Jacob's actually not bad in these movies. No, he's not. It's, well, these last movies, of course. Like, in the, right. in the third yes. one. No, 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 no. But, um, right. yeah, he's the one that, that gives the secret to Charlie, but he gives him enough of his own secret that Charlie, like, he's like, just don't ask questions. Just, just let... Just let the fact that your your daughter looks different, dresses better, <laughs> and has adopted a little girl that grows five years every time you see her. Just just let it go, right? And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, it, but it was actually really fucking brutal of them to figure out how they're gonna tell Charlie that she's dead, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have much else to say, honestly. I think it sounds like we're bar- actually we're very like half and half. There's the things that we're nitpicking here are more about the the tropes and the themes of the book and less about the movies i think the movies did their fucking best in this one in the last two they're doing their best to make it entertaining for us i don't know if i'd agree with that i found them pretty boring and forgettable well then again i'm a twilight fan <laughs> and like i think that's totally like fair. i i finished what i finished that afternoon of watching movies with you and i'm just like what was it i'm just like what was that <laughs> i was like five hours of my life Sorry, five hours, more like four hours. I will I will say one thing I remember complimenting both movies on is how they, they managed to come in at like just under two hours, which is so rare 10 years later, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at all these like nearly three hour, over three hour movies, and I'm just like, we really need to rein directors in again. Yeah, no, I stand by what I said. I think if you're going to, fa- like millions of people like these movies, or love these movies, die hard for these movies. I get why. I know you do because you keep watching them. Because I keep watching them over and over again. So in this rewatch of the last two with you, overall, I think that they did the best they could do to make this book, which was broken into two movies, entertaining. And it didn't have to be two movies, in my opinion. But adding that battle scene in, I wouldn't go to one movie and lose the battle. I would have the battle and keep it at two. Uh, I'd have the battle and keep it at one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't lose the wedding or the honeymoon or the birth. Here's my ranking. First Twilight movie, New Moon, Breaking Dawn Part 2, Breaking Dawn Part 1, and then Eclipse. This is from f- what? From worst to best or best from worst to worst? Best to worst. You, oh my, you like New Moon over these other movies? I am shook. Explain. I mean, I don't really, I don't really remember what I said about New Moon. I'd probably, I'd probably go back and listen to we, our episodes first and then do our ranking. But no, I don't no, have no. time for that. You said Eclipse was better than New Moon, but you know what? I did I? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I changed my ranking. Thank you for remembering for me. Yes. Okay. So 
But I, I think I liked the first movie the best. I think it's been diminishing returns since then for me. Um, I will go as follows. I like Eclipse the best, then Breaking Dawn Part 2, then Twilight, then Breaking Dawn Part 1, and then New Moon. Maybe I'm getting Eclipse and New Moon confused. I think you are. Like I, I, I'm literally shook that you said it was second. <laughs> I was like, what? Then I take it back. I apologize. Do it again. I Do your rig again from, from best to worst. <laughs> Okay, so best was the first Twilight movie, mostly because I'm really here for how emo Bella is with all the music and everything and the montage. Directed by a woman, right? Right, girl power. Mm -hmm. Um, So Twilight, the the first movie, Eclipse (laughs) after that, and then Breaking Dawn Part 2, Breaking Dawn Part 1, and then New Moon. Perfect. Yeah, so it's not like we're actually very similar. Uh, to each other, I correct. I had to correct you. I was like, "I'm sorry, Car. You cannot." I appreciate <laughs> it, because, but again, like I just I don't. And this was my problem with trying to watch the movies way back in the day. They bounce off me like I'm made of some kind of terrible forever chemical. Um, they don't stick in my brain. Uh, these movies are forgettable to me. I'm sorry, Staff. I'm not trying to criticize your love of these movies. I, I think you just... You, no offense taken. You've just imprinted on the movies. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't help it. It's a chemical thing for me. I don't I didn't choose this life. <laughs> I, I have not watched them enough for that to happen. Yeah. And thankfully, because we're recording this so soon after we watched them, because uh, I, I made the promise, listeners of Staff, that if we couldn't record until after she came back from her hiatus that I would rewatch the movies on my own so they'd be fresh in my mind because I knew this would happen. Yes. It's it's only been a week and I've already <laughs> forgotten most of the movies. They just they don't stick in my mind and I have not watched them enough uh and I probably won't watch them again unless you know maybe you're visiting and you're like, "Hey car, you want to put on Twilight for old time's sake?" Hilarious. And yes, I would do that for you, Steph. But yeah, so my kind of like not last thing I'm going to say about this series. I'm sure this is going to come up again on this podcast. But my last thing I will say in terms of reviewing Breaking Dawn parts one and two and the Twilight movie saga in general is they weren't as bad as I thought they would be. <laughs> okay. yeah. They haven't changed my mind <laughs> about the series in any way. Love it. My final thoughts on the series now that I've watched it with someone who does not enjoy them. Um, no change there. I've I very rarely watch them with somebody who likes them. Um, I enjoyed watching them with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a great movie partner. I will say my final word is comfort. <laughs> this is a series that again, it's not meant to be thrilling or too thought provoking. You're just meant to watch it as comfort, and that's why I keep watching it over and over again. I just put it in the background. I love the music. I love the aesthetic. Yeah. You know? I, I could see myself putting on these movies if I knew I was going to be, like, homesick all day and just wanted to sleep on the couch. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just like that's comfort. It's like soup. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for coming with us on this journey. Hopefully, you're listening to this in May. You've had a few great bonus episodes, and hopefully soon you'll be hearing us start our Season 6 recap. Yeah, write in. If you have any Twilight Hot hot Stakes, please feel free to write in. We can always address those in our Hot Stakes on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And also let us know what uh, vampire-related bonus episodes you might want to see in the future. Those of you who support us on Buy Me a Coffee, you always kind of get priority in terms of voting for bonus episodes. I I know I don't always send out polls, but you're always welcome to just be like, hey, Kara, you should do this one next. Yeah. Because we've done we've done Twilight now, so I can't believe it. There, there's so much there's so much vampire fiction out there, right? Yeah. There's the new, um, there's the the new vampire interview with the vampire series. Yes, yes, yes. We got that. What we do there's in the, the shadows. Vampire Academy series. Yep, we could always go back to some of the classics. Wolfpack right? with Sarah. I mean, that's not vampires; it's werewolves. But Wolfpack with Sarah. Close enough, right? Um, so there will be more bonus episodes in your future, listeners. Let us know what you might be most excited to see next. And I, I don't think it's too early, as I made a joke at the beginning of this <laughs> episode about what we're going to be doing once we're finished um, in a year's time. Once we're finished, season seven. But um, we also are here for suggestions about what we should do next because we, we as I joked about it, but we have not <laughs> come to a decision about that yet. So always here for right. suggestions. 
And, and even if your suggestion is you should cover Angel, we hear you. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to vote Duh, for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, let us know if you would like to see us cover Angel, but, you know, change anything up in terms of how we do that, right? Yeah. But do our work um, for us, your, please. Your feedback matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so thank you to all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters, especially because we really appreciate your ongoing support. And our chosen ones are Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, and Reese. Emma, Tiza, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, and Tasha. Thanks, everybody. Uh, We are on break, but we will be back soon. And we miss you. We love you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Malik. See you next week.